Shut up and sit down. Hitting it, we've done it. I think we just hit it, we just go straight in. Welcome to Thinking Out Loud, episode I can't quite remember. Um, today I'm your host, obviously Sam, as always, that never changes. Um, although the studio is, keep your ears peeled. Um, I'm joined by three awesome artists. Um, let's go along the line, starting with you, Toby, the Rainbird. Yeah, hi, I'm Toby Rainbird, and I'm curating with uh, Fringe Arts Bath this year, and we're just going to do a little bit of talking about that. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Lily. I'm Lily. I'm currently a student at Bath Spa studying fine art, and I'm also um, just uh, exhibit in Toby's recent exhibition. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then to her right, we have. Hi, I'm Hannah. I am trying to be an art. Maybe I am an artist. You are an artist. I am an artist. You're right. I am an artist, and I sort of I'm based in Bristol, and I do a lot of portraiture. I've seen your Instagram account, there's a lot of portraits, which I guess, is this the connecting thing? Because I know Toby, you do lots of portraits, Lily. Do lots of, of skin. Yeah. That's self, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah, very much. Yeah. Thank you for saving that tangent that I <laughs> well, realised I fucked up yeah, yeah. about halfway <laughs> through. Lily's like, oh, she's not related to so. <laughs> <laughs> well, This is why I invited Lily, because Lily's practice is very, um, it's not a conventional way of, of exploring kind of the self, which is what the exhibition is really about. It's not... Not to be that guy. Yeah. What do you mean by conventional? Because I feel like we've had a conversation like this before where I say, well, conventional to my mind is like you're painting a person and it looks like a person. Mm. The eye isn't up here or some whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it's just looking at self-portraiture often is... A representation of self so as you were saying just a like a version of self painted often or sculpted um, this exhibition is kind of taking that aspect but also a more conceptual approach so not as obvious not as okay. a physical representation more just kind of metaphor maybe which is what Lily's works quite heavily about I was gonna say yeah so that's how you link in it's not necessarily to the portraits it's to the Self. It's literally, yeah, because I, I like take my inspiration from like skin and like basically my own skin. Okay. And then I make sculptures from it. So it's not like a conventional portraiture. It's kind of like, like literally skin and like how it's formed. And it's more like a scientific approach, you could say, to portraiture mm-hmm. and like the self. So, yeah. Didn't you do something with a magnifying was it microscopes? Um, yeah, glasses? I went to science labs in Boston and I looked at my skin under like a microscope and I've looked at like a few like slides where it's like people's like organs and things like that and I find that really awesome. interesting. Yeah, that's super It's really gruesome and really and I I'm interested at going into like science museums and looking at like not just like the skin but like the organs and like how they look and stuff under the microscope. So I was in Amsterdam a few years ago oh, and yeah. I went to the body exhibition yeah that's crazy dude that is some nutty shit yeah the the the, the, the nervous system that's pinned oh. up and it's like yeah. down to the fingertips yeah it's rough but also Mark Quinn's work yeah because he manages to get the symbolism of a portrait he uses that symbolism but then also that side of things yeah like with the head the so literally oh, is him, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Blood. yeah it's literally and it's like chilled, isn't it? The DNA as yeah. Well. yeah. So if anyone doesn't know, um, Mark Quinn famously did a, a cast of his head, and he um, I'll bring that and up, then please, producer Alec Mark Quinn took loads of um, took loads of his blood, and he actually does it so many every so many years. He takes new bits of his blood and casts of his face, and it's he in like, this refrigerator thing, and it's a suspended um, blood version of his own face. It's in the National Portrait Gallery, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, is and not, not all the time. It's part of the collection. Yeah. I think it is part of the collection. So yeah. he, what, he sculpts with his own blood? blood. He well, freezes you... his blood into oh the my. shape of his face. Oh, my God. But yeah. he um, famously, because um, it was Charles, uh, Charles Saatchi kept it, mm-hmm. and they kept the blood in Charles Saatchi's fridge, and Nigella <laughs> left the fridge open. No way. And the blood all poured. It was a freezer, that's it, and the oh. blood all pulled out of the freezer, so he had to... <laughs> Here to go and get it done again. It looks beautiful. It kind of looks bruised when that you see it. It's like different colours. We're looking at Mark Quinn. Um, we'll link to this in the description below the podcast because this is insanity. It's It looks like wax, yeah. but it's yeah. like, like semi-frozen blood. It's really beautiful. Ooh, chilled. Semi-frozen? 
Wow, it yeah. is. Yeah, he does look bruised. God, yeah, that's um, it's really weird. That is quite yeah. something. Thank you. Alex. It almost looks like a painting in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. On that white yeah. background, it does. Yeah. That was just a white background. That was just a white. <laughs> producer Alex. For anyone who doesn't producer see Alex got cocky there with his <laughs> iPhone skills. I'm holding Apple to account for that. One. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're we're trying to encourage artists with that kind of approach, more conceptually based approach, but also people who kind of approach. Uh, a more, like I said, representational um, way of looking at self, like Hannah's work, with kind of a contemporary take on what self is. Because you recently did, um, didn't you do work related to people on social media? Yeah, I did. So I created um, an exhibition. I think it was 10 people that I had never met in Bristol. So I stalked them down through Facebook which took a while, and then asked their permission if I could create portraits of them through what they've shown on Facebook. Hmm. Um, some people's privacy settings are like completely different. So for some people, I had like 500 photos to work from, which I had to really cut down. Others only had three, which is quite interesting. But made some interesting work. But I'm, one guy, I made these panels. I think there was like 50 and they're all of different moments that I'd seen on Facebook, and I, and they blended into Creator's face. Oh, wow. And then he came up to me after, and he was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I was like, why? Like, And he was like, because my ex-wife, the children I never get to see, all this stuff was on there, and it had become this sort of portrait of, I don't know, perhaps a lot of his regrets, and it held a lot of sorrow for him which I, as a stranger, had never... It hadn't even crossed my mind. But it's so weird, like, he would see... All, maybe it was seeing it all together. Yeah. He put that out there. Mm. Like, he just, whoops, yeah, uploaded that so to Facebook, where any, literally anyone yeah. could find it. That's a peculiar thought experiment in and of itself. Yeah. Um, where can people find your work? We should say, um, I'll get everyone to say that, but yeah. where can people find your work? I have a website, it's Ooh. down at the moment. Okay. Um, but Instagram's probably the best place. Who it's are just, you or what are you on Instagram? I'm Hannah Blight Anderson, so it's just my name. Check, check, check it out. We'll link to all your stuff yeah. um, below the show. Um, yeah, that is a really weird way to look at it, isn't it? That you took mm. those images that you took, but anyone could have done that, mm. and all of a sudden he. Didn't I want think because our phones at the moment and cameras and everything is so quick and immediate, you're like, click, click. And then for someone to sit in a studio over maybe two months and recreate <coughs> these pictures, there's something, I don't know, there's something quite strange happening there, which perhaps you're mu- we're not used to processing. Mm. It's like when someone shows you like your screen time on your phone. Yeah, it's like, oh, you spend... Yeah. Yeah unequivocally we know for a fact you open you're on Instagram for 40 hours a month yeah it's like whoa uh, yeah, sure, I could be I learning know. Italian yeah I got a new smartphone I'm so outdated but I got the smartphone and it does that automatically and I don't have to stop it so yeah. every so many was it I don't know it was like monthly it tells me oh you spent three hours less on this I'm like that's so creepy I think they're lying yeah. to you so you use it more yeah yeah it did, it did make me want to use it more yeah yeah but I mean this is the thing, is just like we're, we're dealing with a world in which technology is really... It's taking our ideas of self in a different way. And I think it's really interesting to explore that. And the artist's job, really, is to explore different avenues of kind of like social issues or, or conversations that we have internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, self-portraiture is also a really hard one to do. Um, I mean, it's easier from your um, stance, Hannah, is, is to... To, to look at a stranger and how they how they are almost collaged from what they present of themselves, I think it's going to be a real challenge for artists to really explore the self within a kind of twenty first century look. Like, but it, like it shouldn't Quinn. be though, would it? it? I don't think that it necessarily is because it's all there. It's just mm. there. I think you've got to be very brave because we're constantly used to putting all of this out there but then to face up and be like actually Mm. what have I put out there what does this mean what does this mean about me to have chosen to put that out there you've got to be quite brave maybe I don't know I don't think bro Hmm. people don't really think about it though like do they like when you upload a picture you're like oh I've just uploaded a picture but then like 
when you hear about, oh, I saw your picture on Facebook, you're like, oh my God, like you saw that? Like, yeah, 10 years ago, that would have been a creepy statement. Yeah, it's really creepy. Saw that picture of you. Yeah, like oh, really? I saw what you did, you know, the other day when you went out somewhere and it's like, oh, that's really creepy, but like you're putting it out there, so like why shouldn't they be saying that? Mm. I guess that's like different to you when like I said that mm. I saw, you saw my picture that I put up of like me and my wife and stuff and it's just like, that's, like they've put that information out there, but it's like you're looking at it from a different perspective. You're not looking at it on your phone It's anymore. like, what did you think? You're like actually yeah. looking at the physical act of it was we don't do that. We just kind I of think even upload back backtrack from that like the reason why we're the reason why we're so instant and so quick to put stuff on social media yeah i think that's a question in itself like yeah. well you're showing off aren't you it's like the yeah. people you are on instagram very rarely are who you actually are because you yeah. still choose what to put out there yeah i mean a lot of people are annoyed at things like facebook and instagram and it's like i can dig it but at the same time, what did you think was going to happen? Oh, they're using all their information that you gave them. Yeah. Yeah. Willingly. Yeah. Like when. What like, did you think was going to happen? Like when you can't get like. It's going to be fine. You fools, you've destroyed it all. People do that all the time though. When they want like Wi Fi or anything, they'll just give their information away. Oh, so yeah, they can here's get it. My... They're like, oh, I need to, you know, see my updates. So like, take my personal information. Like, take my phone number. I don't yeah. care. It's literally about. When yeah. you when you when you get a Facebook messenger, right, it goes ting. Yeah. It's a bell. It's literally yeah. Pavlov's dogs. It was the same thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'm, in my own practice, I kind of take a, a step back from kind of the photographic image in a way. Um, I think it's fascinating to to kind of look at different avenues of kind of what people are, and I think at the moment for me, people. It's kind of this weird abstract where even though there's a physical representation of them either on the internet or I physically own a copy of something that is them, mm. when you meet people you have to interact with people and that interaction bleeds into something and you don't have a photographic reference. I kind of really thrive off that. I like the idea of struggling to create a, a notion of someone outside of, of the kind of distortion that maybe the internet presents. It's like the art of interpretation. Yeah, definitely. How do you create? Because I've seen your your paintings on Instagram, obviously, but are they thick? I've always wondered. They're very thick. I, I have very set rules to my painting where I use hog's hair brushes. Um, if you guys want to, you know, I'll, deep I'll, cut. I'll, I'll, I'll hog's put, hair brushes, people. I'll put We're the going. down. <laughs> I use hog's down. hair. I use oil. I use. Uh, Shout out hashtag no ad. I, I do <laughs> the pasto technique, which is um, f- applying thick paint which means that if you make a mistake, you have to wait for it to dry. So I, I end up end up circulating about 20, 25 paintings at a time. And they slowly build until they become someone. And then suddenly that person I work towards. And then when it doesn't work, I kind of just paint over it and start again. And it takes months. But it's it's a nice way of really just kind of challenging yourself to not reference anything other than your memory which is sometimes it comes out quite childish um i mean i i do have a rule where i don't use photographs but i sometimes use life models and i sometimes use uh, drawings i've done of people from life so yeah i mean that's my process and it's it gets very painty (laughs) to say the least like um yeah my dining room is covered in paint right now it's really fun but no i like doing it it's a it's a different approach, and I think it's just the avenue I'm going down at the moment. But it's nice, I think, to see that's one avenue of exploring portraiture, and it's nice to see what other people do. Because I think we, we, we don't live in, in like modernism, where, you know, last century, where things were very fixed in um, uh, manifestos of how to approach certain subjects. Now we're all approaching the same subject in different ways. Um, which is very much reflective of the way we live now. We, we live in this world where everything is infinitely possible or different interpretations are infinitely possible and none is right or wrong, it's just... Well, people have so much more... I guess it talks to what we were just talking about. People have so much more exposure to stuff now that other in- interpretations of what were solid things, it's far easier to get there. You have this magic window in your pocket and in that window is all human knowledge. So it's not really surprising that things have changed fairly recently, right? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. Um, and I think it's it, there's there's it's always a double edged sword, really. Um, Never argue with progress. Argue with what people do with it. Exactly. And I think it's a, it's one thing being having access to to infinite amounts of masterpieces on the internet for the first time. Mm. You know, I grew up. I, I grew up with books. And you'd open the book and there'd be this one painting. You'd be like, oh, that's incredible. That's the yeah. painting. Nowadays, I can just scroll through hashtag Picasso. Mm. And I've got all these infinite ways in which someone has approached a subject. Here's a weird story. Um, Paul McCartney, when he was uh, learning to play guitar and write, starting to write songs, got on a bus for like an hour to ride across town so someone could teach him how to play B. <laughs> that's nuts. He turned up at someone's house and his older boy got out his guitar and went, B. B minor, B7. And Paul McCartney went, B minor, B7, B. Cool, bye. Got back on a bus for an hour and went home. And that was how you got information. Yeah. How mad is that? I don't know. That was the 50s. But I really like... That's like one person ago. I mean, I'm not not in any way a nostalgic person, but I I really like that. I like the idea of a journey. And I like the idea that you have to struggle to, to, to find some kind of sense of truth in, in something. So if that's going on a bus for an hour or so to find how to play B, that's so much more interesting than just going on Googling the Googling it. Yeah. yeah. And the learning and, like, it's meaningful and it's a... I, I personally think it's a better way of learning. The glory of the ride, you're yeah. putting yourself through something, you know, and through that you're creating memories, you're creating lots of different feelings hmm. that you can then later rely on. I, I can't really learn stuff off the internet. I can't, like you can't, especially with like sculpture and like painting pretty much, when you see it in person it's so much more different, yeah. if you see it on a phone you're like oh, that's cool but like I'm seeing that like tiny kind of pixelated, when you see a sculpture or like a painting you really like, it's just, it's so much more different than that, it's like you can fully like with all your senses like, appreciate it, yeah like kind of absorb it, whether it's on your phone like people, you say people can access it but like I don't know if people like are taking advantage of that pro of like a mm. phone yeah People but soon less to me, it feels soon it's like. going to get crazy and you're going to put on a helmet and yeah. gloves yeah. and float in a tank and you'll be at the Louvre and you'll be able to yeah. interact and stuff. But is that... Is that really it, though? Is that really experiencing it? Like, I don't think it is. Like, But people will convince themselves it is because that's all they'll know, really. I, I think this, mm. this is the interesting subject where it's a different way of experiencing. Mm. And that's the weird thing about it. It's not that the experience itself isn't real. It's just a different... It's just a, such a different way of being, you know? It's a different way. You don't have to, like... Like, going to the Louvre, you know, going to the Louvre and smelling that kind of, like, slightly stale air. With the, I went with on the a stuff. Tuesday, and the fucking thing was closed. So... Did you oh. go to the Musée d'Orange? The what? The, 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 oh, um, the Monet with one. The Monet one with the Monet one. With the Monet that, like... Yeah. It's honestly amazing. Yeah. Now, and this, I went this with... holiday took place at a time before internet was in everyone's pockets so we did not probably know that that gallery was there it's oh. right at the, the, the entrance of the Louvre Gardens honestly it's so worth seeing no. okay, don't so you find the sad if it's a fixed image you can therefore as a viewer create more within it itself if it's this all encompassing three dimensional thing it narrates more of what you could decide yourself that's producer Alec dropping knowledge bombs (laughs) (laughs) when you go to like these museums and stuff and see these amazing paintings people aren't really so much like looking at it they're kind of like they're just taking pictures on their phone now you can't do that in the um, yeah what's the one in Amsterdam um, Sunflowers. Uh, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, um, people are obsessed. You're not allowed. Like, they oh, they get like, picture, like really no. shitty. Yeah. The security say no. But look at it. It's like it's the, it's the the sunflowers. Yeah. Look at the sunflowers. Yeah. And then you realise he did it like forty other times. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, I think there's twelve different sunflowers. Isn't yeah. There? And you yeah. know and because no one's one, in London. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm in with the bovine tourists because that's what I am. I don't know which ones which. So I just keep going. Wow, it's the sunflowers. Wow, it's the sunflowers. <laughs> How many of these did he... Well, okay. On that subject, I mean, when I go to art galleries, I sketch, and it's almost a little bit redundant. And It's more from my own experience of it. Is You know, like I used to go every week to the Victoria Art Gallery in Bath, um, and I used to sit there and draw for about an hour or two and it's they're not it's it's a very nice collection it's it's very limited and it's quite a small collection but it's just nice to kind of instead of just going and expecting an image going and actually 
trying to dissect what an image is without... Because it's one thing, I can go home, take loads of photographs, go home and try and draw those photographs. But it, I don't know, there's a challenge in itself to go stand there and awkwardly try and draw while other people are trying to take Instagram shots next to a Gainsborough. You know, I think there's something charming in that, and I quite like that. And I think, I think artists at the moment are really, really exploring that notion of struggle, the, the idea of kind of... Um, That's a cultural yeah. thing, though. If you look at the rise of people like Jordan Peterson and how he tells you to go about life enjoy the struggle embrace it it will make you better I 21st think, century Nietzsche <laughs> I, I do I think that that's I think that's a trend that's coming on in art in music in a lot of creative things like get in bite down well, do the work we, learn we, learn the shit and, and then operate it and execute it under your own volition well we had this with the, the YBAs I think and if you look at someone like Tracy Emming now what's like, a YBA young British artist young British artists are all in their they're, they're middle aged artists now um, but if you look at someone like Tracy Emming I, I mean she's really taken on a very intense approach to trying to create figures and self portraiture which is, is fascinating but it's fascinating that she's come from the young British artists who very much just almost plop down these objects and say she did the is, bed right yes famously did the bed which I do actually think is a very good self portraiture I think it's probably one of the most iconic from the 90s. Mm. Um, that and the uh, Damien Hirst, he's YBA as well, right? Yes, the shark yeah, and the yeah. skull with all the, the diamonds on and stuff. Yes, we don't talk about Damien Hirst. But, um, <laughs> yeah, did not why? <laughs> what, what, uh-oh. <laughs> he's just complicated, I think. Um, and I don't think age has done him any justice. Well, I think someone like Tracy Emming, she's really taken on... Um, sometimes I've not been so much of a fan of her work, but she's really taken on an approach of kind of sitting there and persevering with, with, a, with a paintbrush and trying to figure out her own identity through that. And I think she's quite... I think she's someone to admire. I mean, apart from when she did those M&S adverts. Um, <laughs> she did M&S adverts? Yeah, she did. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, Hold Tracy Emming was one of the um, no women of Britain <laughs> in the um, M&S adverts. She was trying to sell pyjamas. When was it? Hang on. 2013? Wow. Was it? Yeah. That's... That... What? Pajamas. If Jimi Hendrix was still alive, he'd probably be selling coke, lest we not forget. Sometimes yeah. you've got to keep the lights on. That's yeah, nice. I think so, it's... yeah. Lily, what do you think of Damien Hirst being a sculptor and And then let's talk about Tracy like Emin, because she's quite I don't know too topic. much about Damien Hirst, to be honest. I know a bit more about Tracy Emmons. Let's but... do Tracy Emmons then. What do you I... think of Tracy Emmons? I'm just trying to stoke... Like... I'm trying to get Toby to talk shit about Damien Hirst. It's not working. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who works for him, and uh, that's... Um, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Got to respect him, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the man does his work. man makes his money. He did some really yeah. good artwork, but I don't know if he's doing any more good artwork. Huh. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> so, Lillian Emming. I don't... I, I've seen, like, unmade bed and stuff, but I was surprised when you said she's more like... She's, like, a portrait artist, because, like... Well, she's not solely that, but, like, I think of her as, like, into, like, installations and sculptures... Like you have to walk in. And yeah, she does. You do have a to lot, like you but... like engulf her exhibitions. Like I don't think of her as like drawing, but maybe that's because I just haven't researched her enough. Like I... she's head of the royal. She's uh, the royal academy. She's the draw the, the head of drawing there. Yeah, she's really yeah, involved she's in her, her forms. Yeah, and she's amazing at drawing because she's not very conventional. You know, she doesn't go for an academic approach. She's simply just. I don't know. She really ties in that kind of emotional response with kind of how forms tr- create a sense of self or object or form. Yeah, so I really like her. Like. It's so weird to hear you use that language because if you look at things like, to take it from something I know very little about art to take it to something I do know quite a lot about, martial arts, people say that. This is a segue, isn't it? No, not at all. It's just, it's something that struck me. It was like when you were saying forms, you have the same thing in things like karate. You have crane form and people will say oh they have good form meaning they have good technique that the, the points they hit during a process of creating a piece of art or executing a, an attack or whatever they move fluidly in that and they are experts in that it just struck me how those two things sort of cross over yeah. the way you execute something physically to produce a physical reaction be it a painting or you know kicking someone in the head I mean Hannah what's your take on it I mean? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, I don't know a lot of her work. Um, I've I've watched a lot of 
her talking mm -hmm. and I like how in touch she is with she's not she's not afraid to say stuff about herself that other people would take back and like you said that sort of emotional connection she she has with people in general and I think she manages to somehow through her art get that across mm -hmm. um, but I, again I think some of her art is for the general public, perhaps, people that haven't been to art school, sometimes it's quite frightening. That Not bed frightening, is a bit of a leap. Foreign. Yeah. She shares quite a lot though, doesn't she? I mean, she has her life. And like an to abortion. Some people she overshares. And, and yeah. yeah. And also, we're in England. Yeah. You so know. if you've got like some of her <laughs> exhibitions and like you've got the public looking at them, People are going to be like, oh, that's a bit because it's not a conventional. Yeah, we're English. It's not a painting. It's not a painting. It's a bed with a condom, yeah. and people go, whoa, wait, yeah. this is also art, is it? Can you catch me up? And, and yeah. I think a lot of people get people put off because people go, oh, if you don't, if you don't get it, yeah. do you not get it? And it's like, all right, I'm trying to get it, but yeah. I'm not yeah. going to want to get it if you talk to me like I'm a, an idiot. Yeah. And sometimes putting the word art in front of it almost makes it more scary because actually yeah. maybe if it was a room, they just went in it saw this bed full of condoms mm. they could relate and be like actually shit I've been in this position yeah. you know I can see it just but mind you tapping your feet on the front of the thing with the mic it's super sensitive I know We've but got the minute it, it goes up. into a gallery it all changes and suddenly you're like Ooh, I don't know you've got to think all these things I think that's a nice thing about installations there's the um, the artist's name escapes me he's the he or she is the person that they build like rooms of mirrors and they'll put one lantern in the middle and it will create this endless sea of lanterns. And you go in and you look at that. Um, it's in an Atlanta gallery right now. I'm speaking with I'm Stolworth. trying to think who that is. Um, you know the sort of thing I'm talking about though. Yeah. And that's very much, you have to go in there and just inhale and be there. And you know, you can't float in a tank and put a helmet on or whatever. You have to inhale the smells of yeah. the burning lantern and you have to feel how you feel when you go into a dimly lit room lit only by one or an infinite amount of lanterns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... This is the thing about portraiture, and I think it's like self-portraiture, it's, it's just so... It's so diverse, and sometimes it's like, where is the line, really? Because um, you could sure. say some of mine is like self-portraiture in, in a sense, because I'm literally using myself. Like I've, yeah. I've peeled off my own skin and I've used it. Like I've like looked under the microscope at it. That's it's some gnarly Ooh, shit. I'm not like I'm not like like scalping no, my skin right? off, yeah. but like it's like I had sunburn, so like obviously use sun cream. But like I had some sunburn, <laughs> and I like looked. I peeled my skin off and I was like, oh, that would look cool under the microscope. And then I looked at it. I'm just thinking of Austin Powers. Free. That's like oh. <laughs> I've never seen that, I'm and I not... don't want to know any more about that reference. <laughs> no, Carry on. I don't either. But like. And then I'm like using that, what I see under the microscope, and then I'm making like little sculptures out of it. So that's like an unconventional form of self portraiture, but it is. It is a portrait of myself. It is a portrait of myself. Very like, close it's up. like myself's like right there, but I just make them massive and yeah. Yeah, and it's like, um, I always think you, 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 um, you kind of lend from Sarah Lucas in a way, another uh, young British oh, artist. Oh, the tights. Not just the tights, but also like she she kind of utilizes kind of like yeah I suppose tights tights she utilizes forms of humans you know kind of very domestic forms like I I think one of my favorite ones of hers was is a table with a hole in it with a kebab put into the hole and then two <laughs> eggs and it it's kind of looks like a woman's vulva with like the the nipples and I think it's just such an uh, like a uh, like a crude metaphor about femininity mm. but it's also this kind of weird thing of like how we can just form an idea, an identity of someone or, or like an, like literally formed a, a person from, you know, you look at it and you're saying, oh, that's a, that's a woman's breast. She does breast with like mattresses and things like that. Like she'll put them up and she'll like put holes in them and But stuff. it's like making yeah. a portrait of someone, but not actually, that the bed, the table, it seems like skating around the same pond in that, at least to the outsider, it's like you're creating a self-portrait of what isn't there. It's what that person leaves behind, be it social media posts, be it a dirty bed, be it this representation of a woman through a table. Yeah. It's it's all sort of the same Most thing, isn't projects. it? I mean, we could say what we're sat in right now self-portrait. Yes, very much so. With all the... Oh, yeah, that's a good... I'd be interested to see uh, Tracy Emming's bed now. 
You know what I mean? It'd be M&S, like, linen, wouldn't it? Like, well, certainly some PJs. My bed now would be M&S linen. She's <laughs> probably got that shit on tap. Yeah. <laughs> probably can't move for PJs. Yeah, well, she's... And I imagine it's very it's very cleanly kept. And I'm almost tempted to see that kind of notion as But it's interesting, though. It's, it's a discussion of where you stand in life. I think a self-portrait fix on that moment in time. You know, like, yeah. when you look at Picasso, Picasso did a number of self-portraits, and they change with each way he develops his style. And if you... In the same way, like, if Tracy Herring was to put a bed on display now, it would be very different. The self-portraiture is almost like this weird snapshot into into your life at that well, weird like, moment you But decide. it's like what is a portrait though? Is it is it is it you now or is it is it you looking at you then when you painted it if it's a self portrait? Is it of you? Is it of what you leave behind? It's like the Dorian Gray, isn't it? You know, it remain you either remain t- eternally youthful or the the portrait in a way just kind of Death gets you. Yeah, it gets it gets quite it's such a dangerous subject. And I think yeah, I I'm trying to think in, in terms of literature as well because what is it was um is it James Joyce? We'll go over to pr- producer Alec Wilson here on uh, self portraiture in um in literature. What would you say? Um, I guess it's the interpretation of everything around the writer at the time and the um this uh, the attempt at the subconscious uh absorption of everything around but expressing that but in the sense of how someone like James Joyce maybe writes I guess early days of stream of consciousness it's how it should be interpreted perhaps but it's also in a way that's digestible to the main public so the point that was raised earlier about Tracy Emin's bed may be shocking to a 1990s UK public but it is very true of the public so shocking similarly to the point made of I can't stand my Facebook images being shown. Mm. So, um, yeah, um, the attempt at self-portrait, it is, of course, a self-portrait. If you're writing of these things that are so vastly different, why does a Dubliner writing in 1913, 14, 15 know so much about ancient Greek texts and relate them to someone farting and calling, calling it Longfellow? Well, perhaps it's because it's things they absorbed or perhaps it's the grandiose nature of those things that everyone can somewhat relate to. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Damn, you've only been going like half an hour. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of like... So we talked a lot about different methods of, of looking at self. Um, and I think like... What would everyone say was their kind of favourite artist's self-portrait? Just put everyone really on the spot here. Because I, I always... I'm not going to give mine because I, I need to remain impartial yeah, and okay. stupid. So I, you I, go. I always stand by Picasso's last portrait. It's, it's just this kind of like weird crayon drawing. He's in his deathbed and he's done this weird crayon drawing of his face and he's just this big googly eyes and he's just this caricature, this kind of like... He's probably on a shitload of heroin then. Maybe not Picasso. <laughs> I mean, he did, he did a lot of things. Um, terrible things maybe um, often to, to, to women. But um, yeah, um, he... Um, I mean, he lay on his deathbed and just kind of like... Oh my produces... God, he drew that as he was dying. Yes. Yeah, Producer Alex just brought that up for us. In the um, 70s. I've never seen him. Pretty so... far out, man. <laughs> this is a, this is a man who who through his lifetime became the most famous artist and the most influential artist of the twentieth century. And to, to kind of sit on your own deathbed and just scribble. I like have to child. do art. Yeah, even in that moment of. Is I always fascinate. Picasso is always a fascinating figure. I think he's terribly of his time in in certainly in his misogyny. And he was a, I mean, he was a communist who... When was he around, in, forgive my ignorance? Um, he, kind of the beginning of the century, the, uh, so, like, when when was his Cubist period? So, like, 1920s on to 1970. Hmm. And a lot of his later works was quite heavily dismissed until recently. Um, but he, he kind of in, innovated kind of uh, a form of abstraction called Cubism. And oh, I've heard of that. Is that like Rothko? He no, 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 no. Uh, very different. Um, oh, right. I think you're talking about Mondrian. Um, Probably. That all kind of centred around uh, Picasso. Picasso took took the idea of taking one perspective of looking at something and then paint, and then uh, he'd turn... Uh, so say if he had a, a cup on a table, he'd look at it from one angle, then he'd turn around, go to the other side and do that, and then, and then he'd turn to the other side, and, he, and then you'd get this weird image of these different angles and forms of of a cup, you're experiencing a cup from multiple different planes of it, its own existence. 
And then Picasso just kind of went, I'm done with that. I'm going to do something else. And he was always an innovator in that way. Draw a cup made of handles. But I think when he died, he had thousands of his own paintings uh, still with him. He, He was a collector of Picasso's. Which is a weird one, <laughs> because he was he was Picasso. He was this in, he was this um, he's also really hard to um. It's really hard to prove a Picasso is a Picasso because Picasso didn't ever document. He just made all the time. So he used to just go to cafes and scribble on bits of napkins, and so he's. I think he's the most. Um, there's more Picasso forgeries on the market. I think no doubt. But he produced a lot. It's hard to tell how much he produced because he's so easy to replicate because you just get an old napkin, mm. get a few crayons and write Picasso on it and, you know, there you go. Dude, I watched a programme about art forgery. It's so fascinating. And there's guys... That, there was this one guy that had, like, jars of sand and they said, oh, what's that? And he said, well, some of these painters used to paint by beaches and um, sand in the wind would whip up and hit their canvas. And they did that, yeah. And, hit, and that's what they test for when they take they take a slither of paint and they run it under a microscope and they do all the checks and, yeah, you have to be super careful. This guy made millions yeah. until they caught him and took everything. <laughs> yeah, they often do. And it's I find that that's a completely different subject in itself, the art forgery. I love... I love, it's fascinating they often get their own TV they do prison time for art forgers mm-hmm. and then they get their own TV series it's great and they, they make millions like out of just these careers of forging artwork and it's I don't know it's a weird thing to it's a weird thing to parody or, or to emulate someone because filmmakers are lauded for it if you look at someone like Quentin Tarantino where's the fact that he nicks a lot of his angles and ideas not ideas but the way he makes films from people and people are like oh yeah well done, man. Oh, it's so brave. I mean, that's if you, you, you do that with a Picasso, they fucking take your house. No, but I think you, there's a lot of people who very recently, actually, within uh, within figurative art, painting and, and creating forms, who have kind of gone back to the Picasso way of looking at things, which is flattening everything and, and exploring kind of like the 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 subtle emotional qualities of colour. I, I see a lot of it. I've seen a lot of artists come out of Central St. Martins in, in London who do a lot of painting like that. Um... Then and this is the thing is it's like, it, art always comes back on itself and all the good stuff kind of sticks. It's, it's occasionally like every so many years, so many things get pulled out and thrown at the dartboard and then this sticks and this sticks. I think at the moment so much is sticking that we just kind of like we're saturated with different ways of doing stuff. That's nice though, isn't it? Yeah, it's so but it's so exhausting because you're seeing images. as well because you're just this, you know too much choice. Mm-hmm. And something else those magic windows in your pocket give you. You can see everything, but yeah. you can see everything. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit disheartening. Like I know if you go, I used to go on Pinterest when I did like GCSE art and stuff, and now I never go on Pinterest because like to see like an idea that you thought of in your head, and then it's like oh, five hundred people have already done that like really well, and they've already bossed it. So like nothing I can do will look as good as that. Well, they bossed it enough to put it on Pinterest. I mean, I don't know if yeah. that's the, the pin. I mean, I'm not it's shitting just, on Pinterest, taking a rough ride, but it's like. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really. An like Oscar it ain't. Who goes on Pinterest? <laughs> like yeah, for art, I don't. I it's don't a valid know point. If you should like use it as much if you're like an art student or something, because it's like you just see all of these things that have already been done that you could have thought of yourself, and it stops you being original. I think. Or yeah, thinking you're original. Because you emulate the that's contemporary. That's a really nice thing to do. If you're creating something and you're like, I'm creating this because I've never seen anyone do anything like this before because, you know, I haven't looked into it. It's just everything I'm creating is like my own work. But surely that's what Sounds part weird. of being an artist is. Like, I'm sure there's half a dozen people out there that can sing like, you know, Beyonce. Yeah. But she goes out there and makes yeah. the opportunities for herself where she can make... Yeah. make it whatever the fuck that means she can get on TV and make the money and you know take that next step of living off her art yeah. whatever you think of Beyonce poor I think example it's stealing. But... <laughs> I think it's stealing and it's good stealing it's like you need to steal as an artist you like need white to lies yeah. always steal like I always tell people when I'm in a gallery and I've done this and the people will be a bit horrified and I've gone oh yeah they go oh what are you doing here I'm like oh I'm stealing and they go like what like like I'm committing a like heist. you're going to open like they a trench coat there's going to be a yeah. Monet on the inside <laughs> <laughs> to my definition that's stealing and I love it it's good stealing stealing is good um, I think people need to do it more yeah. they need to do it more with a wide range of things 
don't just steal Picasso, steal everyone, and mm. then mash whatever you need out of it and make that image. Mm. I feel like, as an art student, you've always had like someone, if you're creating something you're really proud of it, you'll always see someone else trying to do the same thing. Hmm. Steal Some, from them and do I've it got, better. I've had like <laughs> people before, easel. maybe I'm just a bit, yeah. I'm touching my shit. Just like drop kick them. Um, yeah. No, that, yeah. I've had like people before where I've, I've maybe I'm just being a bit like oh but you've I've, had someone else I've, in a I've studio with you something. crafting your own skin yeah no <laughs> not on, yet man. not Come yet on, man. but um I've like done something before I think it was in like textiles or something I made like a really cool like a cupcake out of like I sewed it myself and stuff like a fabric one and then someone else did their whole project on it and I was a bit like oh fuck like damn it like you've just mm. you've just like taken my idea and then you've like run with it and i'm just like you got oh. zuckerberg yeah I, pretty much like I, you just see them going oh i like that and then like two weeks later like they're doing the same thing as you and you're like that's oh. this podcast instantly demonetized <laughs> <laughs> i had i had that with the turner prize i turned up and I, the, this artist was doing what i thought i was doing as a video artist but a hundred times better yeah and i was just like well i'm gonna have to paint now aren't i <laughs> what is it what george washington said every t- i think it was george washington he said that every time one of my friends succeeds, a little piece of me dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, on, on, back on track with the, the this uh, artist for self-portraiture, do you guys have an artist? Are you on the spot? You oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, back on that <laughs> tangent. Just, Toby's doing a better job of this than I am. I can do one that really is always stuck in my mind, and that's Lucian Freud's self-portrait under the, um, like, the lampshade, I don't know the name. Oh, and yeah, I know exactly that. I don't know, it really is something. I probably think about it twice a day, every day. Is it the two children in the corner as well? Is that? No, it's just him, I think. Or maybe there is two children in the corner. No, I think it's just him. Is he naked? No, it's just his face with the lamp above. I don't I'm trying to think, I don't know. Like a, but I think that's also because my granny has that exact same light fitting on her. Oh, wow. The so, plot thickens. I saw that one it. recently. It was in... Because he did so many. He did He did one with a black eye. He got into a fight and he did a black eye. Uh, he had got a black eye and he painted this beautiful... He died at, what is it, 2000 and... 2011, maybe? Mm-hmm. And he... Um, um, he was pro. Yeah, is that he's, right. Yeah, with the two children. Yeah. It's such a strange image for Lucian Freud, but it's it so. Is, Lucian so Freud powerful. is intoxicating, though, isn't he? He, you just kind of take a lot from him. He was just so crude. That is super unsettling. And the way he painted was intoxicating, and the way his relationships with people and the way he behaved, it seems. Um, he sort of just let it all go, didn't he? It's, yeah, it's an unsettling image for sure. What about yourself, Lily? Favourite self-portrait? I can't think, like, typically I can't think of any apart from the Mark Quinn one we've already talked about. It's a pretty niche thing to have on tap, that little knowledge bomb. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, to to speak to your practice. Yeah, I I always think of that one now, because I don't know, I I can't think of any, like, actual paintings of self-portraits that come to mind. Hmm. I just think of that one, because it's literally a self-portrait. Yeah. And that kind of like. It's, it's a really niche section of painting, isn't it? Or, yeah, I guess. Of, yeah, of oneself, it's yeah. Because, like, yeah. like you say, you think of Picasso. You don't think of Picasso's selves. You think of all the weird stuff. All the women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the women. But Picasso often painted himself or drew himself as a minotaur. So if you see a minotaur in a Picasso, way. that's him. And often there's this, there's this weird macho aggressive kind of like, for such a small, small, slightly unattractive uh, uh, man, he was. Which you know, half's the bull? Uh, the, the head. Right. The head. Okay. If you ever see, if you ever see, <laughs> maybe something else, you know, maybe a member or two. But um, no, he's always the, he's always the minotaur. He's always that weird kind of like the entrapper of women, but also this kind of oh, weird trapped creature with this kind of lack of identity he's what he's a monster but he's also a man you know you know i don't know i wouldn't want to be picasso every time i look at the minotaur i was like i don't want to be picasso i'll be i'll be someone else i'll be like paul nash you know a bit calmer <laughs> yeah fair yeah but... so what do you guys do when you're not making art not to sound too much like a pickup line what are your <laughs> <laughs> well, well what do you do when you're not making pizzas you hang out baby <laughs> Um, I know, well, obviously I've led us into this because we touched on this briefly yeah. off-air. Um, you have a pretty interesting side gig. Yeah, so I teach art in a um, secure, well, it's called a secure children's home. 
It houses 24 young people at a time um, and teach art there. Wow. What? Yeah. So this is like, for people who don't know, this is like a children's prison, I guess? Yeah, children so that have committed essentially, crime? yeah. It's just for the particularly vulnerable mm -hmm. young <clears throat> people that haven't been sent to Wildwise or something else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've only, I've only been there a year, so it's still like quite... What kind of challenges does that... Obviously, there's stuff you can't talk about, which yeah. is fair. Um, so a lot of them have never been at school. In fact, I'd say what positives. It's actually positively affected me a lot in my artwork because it's made me realise how things don't have to be so rigid. And also meeting these children that have absolutely no art knowledge. Mm -hmm. They have no sort of... Some of them have never really even used a pencil. Asking them to colour in is like, you know. How old are some of these kids? 12 to 18. 12 to 18. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Um, but it sort of makes you realise, because I've had obviously an art school, and I mean my whole family are artists, so I've learned from a tiny age, this is how you paint a portrait, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. And suddenly being with them, suddenly it's also let me free up and be like, actually... Let's have a scribble. Let's see, no you know, way. let's see where this goes. And now in my studio, I'm less worried. I sort of just go there, do it. Because I never used to draw. I'd always start by painting. And now I'm happy to get on the canvas and draw. Because that's the scariest thing, right? A blank canvas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's so... Whatever that means, like, when you get that blob of clay or whatever, oh, the material... Sitting yeah. down in front of a blank Word document. Say, every time I've made a, cam made a canvas myself and I've been like, right, I'm going to paint something, I've always painted it and I've been like, oh, I've messed this up, I just <laughs> throw it out the window, I can't do this. So, yeah, it's See, not positive. I always get bits of wood from Skips or I go to charity shops. Yeah, a lot of your stuff's on, on hardwood, isn't it? Like mahogany it's all and on stuff. Hardwood. Yeah, I don't use canvas. I use when I do use canvas it's linen and it's when I'm feeling classy. But um, <laughs> with your hog's hair which, brushes. Which is so yeah. rare. No, hog's hair is a hard is a hard brush to use, but it's such a rewarding brush. But um when every time I start a new painting I go, Well, this is at least six months and it's quite and then you go, Oh, I don't want to do it anymore but you kind of what you do is you put it on the side and when you're working on something else you kind of put a little dab there and yeah, then yeah. before you know it you've oh there's a paint oh there's something in there and then you trick yourself into doing it and I think that's like you you always need an approach to stare at that which pieces canvas. do you end up favouring the pieces that are the little get the little bit every now and again that you're angry with but can't help but do or the bits you set out to do and complete which I, I always the enjoy the, the freer ones. This I always like the artist Howard Hodgkins. I, I he's um I would consider a lot of his work to be self-portraiture. He's um he, he uses very loose, colourful brush marks and I don't think anyone can create colours and forms like he can in a way. I think he's quite polarizing to a lot of people. He, he one of his pieces in, in the Victoria Art Gallery in Bath and uh, it's probably one of the most hated paintings in there, but it's probably one of the best. <laughs> And um, well, because it's not got a lot of like detail. It doesn't have in any it. detail in it. It's purely color. And um, but I always look at that, and then I look at what I do, and I go, and I I, I make that mark, and I, um, sometimes I just want it to be that mark. Sometimes I wish it wasn't that easy. But for some reason, Howard Hodgkins has just had it nailed. Um, I got once told off by his ex-wife. Actually, oh, what? I I invigilated his exhibition at Bath, and his ex-wife came up to me very angrily about one of the. Christmas cards in the collection was falsely attributed to Howard Hodgkins. Right. And I went, oh, who is it meant to be by? And she's like, oh, it's my, I can't remember the name of his son, but she was like, my son, so-and-so Hodgkins. And she, and she was like, my ex-husband did this. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's crazy. I so. don't need 70% of the story type situation. Yeah. Okay, I'll just you know, stop selling so the fucking cards. It's pretty yeah. cool, though. Like, I loved how often it. can you say you've had that interaction with, like... I, it's a ball story, artists. for sure. Yeah. I, just, I just wish it was with Howard Hodgkins, because um, he yeah. sadly died. But um, And same with Freud. I mean, Freud and Hodgkins were, were those giants of British art. And we still got our back. We still got Kossoff. And... Um, Oh, Kossoff's really cool. I love Kossoff. What's uh, what's his game? Impasto. Uh, they paint they paint very thick like I do, but they take it to the extreme where they they often do sketches or drawings of people, and then or they have people sit for them and they just keep painting until they get these big but they're like blobby massive, paintings. Massive paintings, and you can like thick. they look like thick and like 
I don't know, I think they're like delicious when I see them. Cause nice, they're so, yeah. They're so thick, I'm just like, oh. It's, just... it's really interesting, uh, specifically you, Lily. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to go on to this in a second okay. anyway. But like the way you talk about art is totally different to the way the two people sat either side of you do. Yeah. Because you, and I, and now I appreciate why earlier you brought up that. Well, is it the experience? Are you, yeah. Because you're very, as a sculptor, you're much, yeah. much more, not hands-on, but it's a different kind. Sculpting is a 360 piece, whereas a painting, yeah. not to I throw struggle. too many grenades yeah. in the fire, is yeah. a 2D thing that you look at. Whereas mm. a sculpture, you walk all the way around and go, oh, I didn't see it. Maybe there's something yeah. you can only see from a certain... And a lot with my work, I like, obviously, like, you know, you guys probably wouldn't be thrilled if someone came up to your work and was, like, putting their hands all over it. But I like that in my work. I like people to, like, touch my work. Because a lot, quite often, I make mm. it out of, like, textiles and things. Like, I, like, use a sewing machine, sew my pieces, and I, like, make these, like, cell cushions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, in my last crit, I remember I just, like, threw all my cushions everyone in there and I was like hold my work like have some of it and I kind of like yeah I like people to be like what, what, what the fuck like then they're like holding my sculptures like oh this is a bit weird but like I encourage Did you think about it as art and it's like I shouldn't to, like, be touching this yeah I quite like that oh it's like oh you know if people are looking at my work they're kind of like nervous and I'm like oh no please touch it because it's kind of like it invites you to touch it because it's like quite pink and squishy and mm-hmm. fleshy and but, like, not in that, like, obvious sense of fleshy being, like, you know, latex or anything. It's quite, yeah. like, clinical and clean mm-hmm. in that sense, so... How do you get into... This is something else I wanted to ask you. How do you find out that that's... Because every artist, I imagine, starts doodling on a bit of paper, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, I was a painter for, like, ages. And you just... When did you... Why did you... How did you make the switch to... I don't hack know. bits of yourself off? I don't... <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I don't just like, I don't just like get like, you know, massive knife and just like, oh, I'm going to do my finger today. Like, ah, like, um, I don't know. I think, I think I just, I stopped painting and I just, I've, I think I got frustrated with painting because I'm one of those people, if I don't get it right, like the first time or like the second time, I'm like, ah, like yeah. screw this. Like I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm trying to think of my first sculpture I made was like probably like a year and a bit ago. So huh. I haven't been into it for that long. I think I started playing with paper and I started thinking, oh, this might look, because I think I started making paper like cutouts because I looked at Matisse and You're stuff right. and I was like, oh, that's pretty funky how like you can make some paper, like you can like move it and make it like pop out a bit more, mm-hmm. but not through like painting. And then I guess I just started playing around with shape and form. And then I thought, like, oh, yeah, like, I could use fabric. And then I started, like, sewing again. So I don't really know. I just started liking touching my work a bit more than That's I did. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I think I just got bored of painting because I'm not that, like, you, you yeah. Yeah. dedicated. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing. Is Lily was in my exhibition last year with Fringe. I, we was Soft Rebellion. Um, and it was an exhibition on metamodernism, which we're not going to get into. I think we did this last year, and it's a fascinating subject. Um, but Lily's work, yours was, um, I don't know, there, there was one person who didn't go into that exhibition. I saw old ladies touching your pieces as they went through, because it was kind oh. of positioned in this way that you yeah. went through this doorway, and you had to kind of somehow brush against or, or touch these kind of like bobbly foam bits they're like little I like them to be little creatures yeah they were very much and there, yeah. was, a, there was a room f- where it's seeping out as well and yeah it was really it was it was a nice it's sometimes you, you forget this when you just make images it's nice to see people interact with things and it's nice to see people interact with what they didn't conceive as being art and then it, it just is it's just a thing it's just an object that kind of makes you think and that's that's really what kind of sells me with your work. Yeah. I think that's the thing I like. I like people to be like, what the hell, Lily? When they see my work, they're like, what, <laughs> what have you been, like, doing that makes you, like, think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm, And I think it's quite important that, like, people... Like, it, my work gets in the way of people and, like... Because I struggle with my work to, like, carry it around and move it around and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like if you, you turn up with bin bags. Yeah, if you see me carrying stuff. a bin bag full of, like, pink, floppy fabric, that, that's probably me. And that's probably me <laughs> carrying another sculpture, like, swearing it, like, probably. you know, come on, fucking, like, move. But, like, yeah, I quite like that it's... Uh, it's got, like, a presence in the room. And it's, like, when you see it, you're, like, whoa. Like, it's kind of, like, engulfing. Well, Hannah, your your work as well was in Fringe last year. Oh, it was, yeah. It was the exhibition. 
I can't remember. Oh, so many, a, so successful, so many exhibitions. It was um, painting pavilions, I think. Yes, I said it had a bit of a tricky name for me. I just the painting yeah. exhibition. I it, was, it, it was all about painting, basically. Um, so I showed one piece in there. That was the piece actually called Jimmy that I mentioned earlier. Oh right. Yeah. Oh cool. So you were eventually allowed to use well, that and make a piece of it. And <laughs> once I'd made it, it was mine, I suppose. Ooh, interesting. This is, a, this is another tricky thing. So Wednesday, I I'd asked her permission to make it. Yeah. I guess it was mine. And those, I guess, legally maybe there the argument could be made that it was public property the minute you put. Your I stuff mean, out I had there. painted. Yeah, I mean, I had painted from them, so they wouldn't be hmm. complete direct represent. Although they were quite representational, um, but yeah, once you put it out, you know, yeah, you might be painted. It might be painted. Yeah, because <laughs> it really, it was really, um, it was a really unusual piece. I don't mean it in like a, in like a, it sounds really negative when I say it like that, but it was, it was <laughs> certainly oh, that's it was interesting. Really, <laughs> no, Fringe last year was very good, and. Um, that, I like that exhibition. It was it was a eclectic mix of different kind of artistic styles. But it, your work had this kind of it had a photographic quality, obviously because it's based on photographs. But it was kind of this weird collage of different moments in someone's life that kind of made up this face. And even if I didn't understand the context of how it was made, it kind of it definitely made a big impact on how like someone is is how you process and and, and represent someone in a way. It was um. Yeah, it was a really striking piece. Like, I, it's been. It was a good year. It was a good year for Fringe. So and this year's going to be even better. Speaking of Fringe, that was very nicely brought in. Um, Toby, I ask you every time, my man. What are you here to plug? I'm here to plug Fringe. Okay. Fringe Arts Bath. It, it's um, we don't. It's all self-funded. It's it's a charity. It's um, we don't take any profit. I'm one of the curators for it. It's um, it's run by these two amazing local artists. And I don't know how they have the time and energy to do it, but they do. And I've been given the opportunity this year to put on another exhibition, self-portraiture in its mm-hmm. loosest definitions. Um, and the call-out is for the 17th of March. The exhibition is 24th of May till the 9th of June. So people have got till the 17th of March to get their stuff submitted and in. Yes, yes. And okay. also I've, I've been in contact. There's another amazing self-portraiture exhibition well call out at the moment uh the roof bouchard um very famous collection of self-portraits from the 20th century and they've they're a charity as well and they've continued to collect contemporary artists i think they own some of uh, hockney's works in it some very famous um artists are but i i I I was in contact with them recently because our dates kind of clash but we want to kind of help promote each other of course yeah so i mean i would recommend going for their their actual call out is um i think it ends on the after hours which is the 6th of april but our exhibitions kind of cross over so i recommend if you if you want to get involved in a national and and a, a exhibition like theirs and you want to get involved in in a kind of in a in a fringe exhibition like bath which has some very some really talented artists get involved That's i recommend a lot of footfall, isn't it? yeah i definitely of recommend yeah doing a bit for both and I'm more than happy to see the most abstract thing possible. How do people submit their stuff? Where do they send their pictures or their, their videos to? Um, just go on to Fringe Arts Bath and look up the self-exhibition mm-hmm. and email me. I'm curious. I've already had some amazing artists who have Where can people me. send you stuff then, Toby? Um, and where can people find your work? Oh, people can find my work. I have a website. My name is Toby Rainbird. Rainbird is a family name, and <laughs> it's very convoluted. Um, and I'm actually mostly on Instagram these days. Um, I'm showing work in Stokescroft in Bristol in, in May around around the kind of same time the exhibition's on as well. And I've got some exciting kind of exhibitions coming up that I'm not going to talk about quite yet. But okay. I want to involve quite a few artists in it, and this is kind of. The Fringe is my big baby this year, okay. so the more people who get involved, the better, and the more abstract, the better, and the thing I got the most from last year was we were an exhibition that involved a lot of sculptural works, we involved a lot of video work and installation, and 
it was so nice to see how people reacted to it. We had, particularly the video work, I'm always a fan of video art, and I do video art myself here and there. But I think that was the thing that really got the most attention was the video work, and most people responded to it positively, given that video art has a tendency to not get a wide audience or people get it, because it is such a new medium. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this year. And also, I'm really looking for. I'm I'm personally going to apply for the Roof uh, Bouchard exhibition as well. Do it. It's such a it's such a monumental thing within kind of British art, it's particularly kind of portraiture. That um, I think it'll be really good. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's a good art year. Cool, Everyone man. Everyone is a good art year. <laughs> Lily, where can people find your stuff? Uh, mainly Instagram. Okay. So under Lilies Fine Art, you'll probably have to spell it because people always spell it my across. name wrong. We'll link it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link it underneath the uh, the podcast description. Yeah, but mainly I use Instagram for my like digital sketchbook. Okay, cool. I'm not fancy. I don't have a website. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. And Hannah, people can find you. Just reminds Instagram. Instagram, or you can Google my name, and the website will come up if it's up. Straight away, it did. Yeah. Boom. Straight away. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I think we should. Uh, I think we can wrap this up, guys. We just did an hour. Wow. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. Flies by. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for all coming in and talking to me. Uh, thank you, producer Alec, representing with his mad Google skills. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> listen, share, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Uh, do give us a listen. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you.